said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There's something that happens in the house of the Lord, whether you realize it or not. Some say strange things happen. Some say miracle things happen. But something happens. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. You're talking holy. I want to talk to you today really about evangelizing. Amen. Which is your job as being believers in Christ. Amen. Luke 14 and 23 NIV. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. A little hand. And they're getting down over there. Amen. We mix with fat back. Hello, everybody. Amen. <laughs> I said, all right, then. You have it? The reason you're hearing Luke 14 and 23. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full. And my thought today would be the key to winning your family to the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. Speak to our hearts and our minds as we go into your word. As we give insight to your word, anoint these lips of clay. Forgive us for our sins and have mercy. And we thank you. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Five principles of evangelism. One is the passion. Evangelism is from a revelation of God's image to the motivation uh, for evangelism is from the discovery of the value of the image of God. Three, the goal of evangelism is the restoration of man's image to God and to himself. For the purpose for evangelizing is to restore true self-worth and self-esteem to man. And five, no man can be free unless all are free. We should never be happy until we know that everyone in our circle knows the Lord. <coughs> Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen, everybody. So, there are ten reasons for evangelizing. Can I talk to you? Amen. Can I express myself? Or explain myself? One, every man is a prodigal son. Hmm. Two, we are all lost sons of royalty. Three, we are all kings without a kingdom. That's why we must evangelize. Four, we are all a kingdom of ignorant kings. Five, we have all abandoned our father. We all have abandoned him. 
6. We are all living below our privileges. 7. We are searching for our fathers. Hmm. 8. We are all the objects of his love. Nine, we are the reason why he came to earth. Ten, he came to restore us. <coughs> our kingship and dominion. I'll give them to you again. Some of you right short hand. Look like chickens that walk on your table. Number one, every human is a prodigal son. Two, we are all lost sons of royalty. Three, we are all kings without a kingdom. Four, we are all a kingdom of ignorant kings. Five, we have all abandoned our father. Six, we are all living below our privileges. Seven, we are all searching for our Father. Eight, we are all the object of His love. Nine, we are the reason why He came the earth. Hallelujah. And ten. He came to restore us our kingship and dominion to put us back where we belong. So the need of every man Matthews 5 Verse 3 and 4. NIV. He say, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is the need of every man. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There are a lot of people may be rich financially, but in their spirit, they are poor. Amen. Their spirit is like a drought. Mm -hmm. But he say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's why as being believers, that when God operates on us or work on us, he put that passion there that when we see somebody's spirit is messed up or broken or crushed, we go to the aid first in prayer. Amen. And then God allow us to express ourselves with a testimony or encouraging word Amen. or just to show love. Amen. That's how it operates. And then he say, blessed are those who mourn. They are people mourning. They can talk with you in a conversation, but they're mourning on the inside. Yes. They're hurting on the inside, for they will be comforted. That's what the comfort to comes, to comfort them. Now, our commission, which is our assignment, Romans 5, 11, NIV. Uh-huh. It says, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In other words, restoration. He has restored us 
back. And this is why you that are really searching the scriptures and seeking God, when you start to really see what he's talking about, his kingdom, your eyes lift, your eye, your, 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 your mind, it goes to another level because you didn't see that before. And now that you see it and you know it, there's a great difference. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 through 20 in IV say, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So stop living in the old. And live in the new. Yeah. You're gonna feel better and you're gonna be more active. Yeah. You know, we tell me you tired all the time. You saying, hey, I'm that tired. No, no, no. The old is past and the new is here. Amen. All this is from God who reconciles us to Himself through Christ. Through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Our job when we go out or wherever we go, we reconcile folk back to God. Because a lot of people have left God. But we reconcile. And that is a ministry by itself. And that's why it's important because you're going to run into saved and unsaved. You're going to run into backsliders. You're going to run into all kinds of people. But your job is to reconcile them back to Christ. If they don't know Christ, the scripture just told you, therefore, for the man being Christ, you can express to them what that means. That's why you have to know what it means when you go out to talk to people. Amen. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. It's the 19th verse. That God was reconciling the world to himself. In Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. If God doesn't count your sins against you, why are you worry about what somebody else say about you? Amen. They have no heaven and hell to put you in. Amen. They're judges without degrees. Amen. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's where we belong. And sometimes you say, I got a strange relationship. It's only strange because you don't understand how God is operating. Amen. But if you let John 15 chapter, if you abide in the vine, he's going to feed the branches. Amen, somebody. Amen. So our priority and passion for souls, this will be a priority, top priority and passion for soul. Let's go to Luke. Amen. 15th chapter. We're talking about NIV. Um, third chapter. I'm sorry, third verse. 15th chapter through 8. Then Jesus told them this parable. This is what Jesus told them. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country? And go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder. That's passion. And you got to look at his priority. He left the 99 to go get the one. And you're going to find out because of your love. Sometimes you got to leave family, friends, and all and got to do what God called you to do. Amen. Six say, and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors 
together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repent than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully, carefully, until she find that man. Hello, somebody. Can I get a witness? I know y'all have experienced that. So now, the search for the Father. Luke 15, 17, and 20. Yeah, I mean Luke. Yeah, the physician. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's high service have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. This is the prodigal son. And we all was prodigal. Every last one of us. This boy never had a job. He didn't need a job. He was a prince. Prince don't work. Prince had servants. And he had servants, but he got to the age now that I want my inheritance. I, I want my ducats. I want I want my stuff, you know. I'm really tired of being around here, you know. I want to see what's down there on Columbia Avenue. The go-go girls. I heard them swinging down there, but I want to go and find out what's on the other side. But I need all my money. Not some of it. I need it all. Prodigal son or prodigal children. And the Bible says, hmm. uh, he, 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 he goes and he's starving to death. He's hungry. He ain't had it all. But he went. And just gave it all out. Dancing and eating and treating people. And that's what happens when you got money. Yeah. You got a lot of company. So oh, yes, you do. You got a lot of company. So all the drinks on you. Can I get a witness? Amen. Everybody loves you. Yep. Your name is lovable. Because you got what? The ducats. But the Bible says he had it all. But he lost it all. And he became starving to death. Mm. And he had to shake himself. Now, he's a Jew. They don't deal with swine. But they asked for a job. And they give him a job feeding the hogs, the swines. He never worked a day in his life. But he now, he's working because of his disobedience. He left home. He left God. Left his father. And now he's in open, feeding them. And while he's feeding them, he's starving to death. But the hogs, the pigs, the stuff was sounding so good to him, he looked at him and he started eating that stuff. And the Bible says something in 18 verse. I will set out and go back to my father and say to my father, I have sent against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, this is the prodigal son saying to his father. He said, make me like one of your high servants. He's asking his father to make me like one of the servants you got over there. And I can see they over eating barbecue chicken and potato salad. He said, make me one, make me one of them high. He said, son, you controlled all of that when you was here. Amen. Now you want to belittle yourself and become hired when you ran that stuff. Amen. See, you, when you go and sit, you forget who you are. Amen. You forget. He forgot who he was a prince. He forgot. He had hired help. He had all of that. He forgot. And he lost it. So, 20 says, so he got up 
and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. People, God, that compassion is real. Compassion with passion is real. And say he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. Because he missed his son. Each day his father would look for his son to come back home. And he came, he saw him, because he kept looking. And he saw him coming down the road. And he ran to go there. So, the anti-evangelism spirit. Luke 15, 25 to 30. Yeah, all you got to do is just take your eyes and go right down to the middle. <laughs> ain't got to flip no pages. <laughs> you got to keep you. <laughs> I know we don't want to quote one place, so I'm going to keep you on the same page. Is that all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Mr. Brother. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked them, what was going on? He said, your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed the fattest path because he has him back safe and sound. The mm. so, older oh, brother, he came and and refused to go in. He got attitude at his brother because his brother left, did his thing. He didn't do his thing, so he was mad because his brother did his thing, and then he come back. Okay? Are you with me? So, his father went out and pleaded with him, the angry brother. But he answered his father. He said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who was squattering your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattest calf for him. Now the brother's mad at him because he was out with the girls. Yeah, ooh, ooh. he was out there doing his thing. He says it. That's what he's saying. He said, I've been with you. I've been slaving. I ain't never left you. But with his attitude, with that, he should have left. Amen. You mad at your brother. Your brother got his own mind. You got your mind. Amen. And your brother said, well, look, I, I, I'm at that age now. Give me my stuff. So I want to go. I want to examine them. I want to go out. I want to see what's over there behind them curtains. <laughs> Uh, no more sheets, no more sheets. But anyway, <laughs> loving the other image. Luke 15, 31. This is what he says. My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. Where is the compassion? Where is the love for those that left Christ? And this is where you got to show it. That's what evangelizing is. This brother hated, he had an attitude. He was, he, he was mad. He was angry. He'd taken on the spirit of Cain. His father said, 
It's not everything I have. It's all yours. But I love both of y'all. But he was dead. Your son, your brother was dead. What he's saying, when you go into sin, you're dead. He's just a walking dead man. He said, well, God allowed him to come back. He came to his senses and remember who he was. Genesis 4. 9 and 10. Get a chance to get down. Count to five. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? I don't know. He replied, Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Just that fast, the prodigal son's brother had taken on the spirit of Cain because of the sacrifice. Cain he was really stingy in what he was doing, but Abel gave God everything. The first he got, he gave it to God. And he didn't like it. Cain didn't like it. The Bible said he was in the field. And he came up behind his brother and hit him in the skull. Killed him, his brother's blood cried out. That spirit is alive today. Amen. Cain. The prodigal son, brother, and Judas, they are operating together. So, practical evangelizing. Now you see, you have to be equipped to evangelize. Oh yes, you have to be. You have to be trained well, but you get your experience when you go to war. Can I get a word to somebody? So, Focus on making friends rather than converts. Because a lot of times people say, well, you ain't saved, I ain't going to talk to you. You say, no, no, no. Focus on making friends rather than converts. See, if you become a friend first, then you can bring them in. But you got to become a friend so they can believe and trust in what you're talking about. Two, find out and speak of the other person's interests. That's what you talk about, their interests. You find out where they at, and that's how you bring them on in. If you ever fish, if you ate the wrong bait, you ain't gonna catch nothing. You be sitting out there on the dock, Mr. the water and the bird flying past you, you ain't catching nothing. But when you got the right bait, and you throw it out there, a live worm get to running like this in the water on which gun they coming to get him. Cause he what? Moving. Three. You must earn the right to be heard. And you only you, you only you only earn that by being a friend. Cause everybody don't listen to you. Praise the Lord. Four, focus on their desire for success and fulfillment. Focus on their desire to be successful and fulfillment. Just focus on it. And when you focus on it, you can give them some pointers. Amen. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. So, 10 questions of kingdom witness. There are 10 questions. I won't give them to you. May not want them, I won't give them to you. Is that all right? Amen. And they will help you if you if you really about evangelizing. One, have you achieved what you want in life so far yet? That's one. I'll say it again. Have you achieved what you want in life so far yet? It's a question. 
All these are questions. Two, are you satisfied with your life so far? Because hmm. you, if you're not satisfied with it, you ain't going to be trying to help nobody else satisfy their life. Three, what do you want to accomplish with your life? Four, do you think about how you want to be remembered after death? And folks don't talk about that. How do you want to be remembered after death? Five, do you believe that you were born for a reason? Did you believe that? That motivation? Six, what would you like to give to your generation before you die? Now we look at this generation that's coming up. They need Jesus. Amen. Seven. What would you do if it if it there were no limits to resources? What would you do if you had there were no limits to resources? Some of you would not ask. Hello, somebody. Amen. Eight. Are you prepared to live for the rest of your life? Are you prepared to die? Number nine. Ten. Do, do you believe you deserve more life? Do you? I'll give them to you again. So when you write them down, oh, y'all right. All I see is the top of y'all heads. That's good. Because I mean, you learn to set my start them over again. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. Amen. I know some of you can't write that fast. Some of you write too fast. Amen. One again. Have you achieved what you want in life so far yet? Yeah, I know you want the house up on the hill, white picket fence. You want a Benz, you know? You want residual income? Amen. So you haven't received that. You gotta keep motivating yourself to get what you need for God. Amen. Two, are you satisfied with your life so far? Are you satisfied? Because see, if you're not, you, ain't, you can't go out with no souls. Mm -hmm. You gotta be satisfied yourself. Amen. Amen. With your life, you have to be. And I find a lot of times people are confused and not satisfied. So if they're not satisfied, if you're not satisfied, they can't satisfy nobody else with Christ. Amen. Three, are you set? Are you satisfied with your life so far? That was I'm sorry. Number number that was number two. Three is, what do you want to accomplish with your life? What do you want to accomplish? I know you have ideas. Agendas. I'm not gonna say hidden, but you have agendas. Uh, whatever you 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 want to accomplish, go for it. Amen. He said, "All our ways acknowledge Him. He will what direct your paths." Number four. Do you think about how you want to be remembered after death? People don't think about that. They say, "Well, rest in peace," and they were here. It was encouraging. He gave me the words. Now that he with the Lord, I'll see you when I get there. Some folk are already gone. They in his presence. Amen. You're waiting to be in his presence. Yes, he brings his presence upon us. But when you leave here, when this body goes back to the dirt, your spirit reigns with him. Amen. Number five. I'm almost finished. I'm finished on up. I ain't got to. I got to go. I'll do what I got to do. Y'all knew it too. <laughs> do you believe that you were born for a reason? Yes. You was born to solve problems. Amen. Yes, you are. 
You were born to help somebody survive, somebody to live. Number seven, what would you do if it was there were no limits to the resources? What would you do? Would you remember the poor, the sick, the homeless, the drug addict? Amen. See, the drug addict need Jesus. Amen. They don't need another shot, do I mean, uh, 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 that take away from they need Jesus. Amen. Question was asked. The state asked me, "Say, well, how are you gonna bring a rehab into your church?" I say, "Easily." I say, "You see that side over there?" He said, "Yeah." I say, "That's uh, seventeen thousand feet over there. We operate, we operate at ten thousand feet over here." He said, "Yeah, but what are you gonna do with the seventeen thousand?" I said, I'm going to use for rehab. Well, how are you going to do that? You didn't ask us for, I ain't got to ask y'all anything. Amen. I didn't ask y'all for a dollar. Well, how are you going to get people off of drugs? And how are you going to do that? You need a rehabilitation center. I said, what, is that? what do you think I'm talking about? But do you have the, 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 the way that the need? I said, yes. They said, well, can you tell us how you're going to do it? I said, yeah. You're going to fast. They're going to wash, take showers. And I'm going to educate them in the Word of God and get them to go out to do a work for the Lord. Amen. They said, that don't work. I said, that's a lot. I got 300 people that already been through that. Amen. And they said, what? They didn't believe it. And that's when all hell broke loose on Clearfield Street. Amen. Because I had a plan. And I was moving that way to get the drug addicts saved and delivered. And me and the judge went to war. Mm -hmm. He told me to shut up and sit down. I said, Who are you talking to? I don't think so. I want to hold you in contempt of court. I said, In contempt of court? I said, Is that criminal? He looked at me and said, yeah. So I turn around. I said, Man, anybody else stuck up, beat up in here? Tell you anything? He said, no. I said, well, it ain't criminal. Is it civil? He said, yeah, it's civil. He was mad. He didn't like what I was talking. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. I turned around. I said, anybody have, have, have you taken your houses or anything? He said, no. I looked at him and said, you got nothing on me. I said, I'm trying to solve a problem and you're the cause of the problem because you are a hindrance to what I'm doing. Amen. And they rushed in on me. Two years going to court, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth over, hear me now, a building because I had a plan and a message. They was trying to kill the messenger but I refuse to die. Amen. And the message is still going on today. Hallelujah. And you look at that place now, it's the parole, the parole place. Mm -hmm. Probation, probation place. Mm -hmm. After that, after seven years went past, they had the audacity to ask me, do I want the place back? Mm -hmm. No. Y'all dealing with every demon that was cast out of that place? You got that. What I'm saying, when you got a passion for souls, Satan's gonna hunt you down. Yeah. He's gonna kill, steal, and destroy. He's gonna do everything he can to stop you. I was telling events, as a matter of fact, we were talking about yesterday. I said, look at the chaos that happened in our lives since we've been preaching and teaching the word of God. Chaos on every hand. Stealing, death, everything to destroy our character because we want 
able to know about the kingdom and the passion of Christ and the love of Christ. The devil don't want that. Yes, he slowed me down, but he didn't stop me because he didn't call me. God calls me. And the more scriptures that I read relating to go or come, it gives me the power to keep on doing what I'm doing. See, a lot of times we have to, we, 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 we look at things on the, on the eyes. He said, look beyond that. He said that the just shall live by faith. That's how we live, by faith. And I looked at the souls. I seen the deliverance. I'm talking about people that were sick, dying, full-blown age, you name it. I'm talking about drug addicts been shooting drugs for 20, 30 years, come in and get healed and delivered. They say, well, how, how you gonna get, how long it gonna take you to get a man out of drugs? Don't tell me 72 hours. It's 72 hours. What are you doing? I'm praying, anointing them, and they taking showers. They taking showers three times a day. They cleaning that stuff off them. Clean myself. Why they clean them up? We're praying on the inside. inside. We have an inside as well. They shut in. They ain't going away. They're fasting. And they came out looking like saints going to glory. And the devil fought. He fought me. me. But it's all right. He didn't win. Why? Because the word of God was planted. Once it's planted, hear me now, it got to grow. Amen. It got to grow. So that's why when we look at situations, circumstances, God laid people on your heart or laid one individual or whoever on your heart, what he's saying to you, you can do it. Amen. But you got to have that passion. Amen. And it got to be, it becomes top priority in your life. Yes. It's going to change your life. Yes. You know, when I look at the ministry, I was always at the church. So the church, my family had to be with me at the church. They was raised up in the church. They used to tell my son, my daughter, say, you act up, you ain't going down to the church. Oh, we're going to be good. No, no, no. You've been, you've been showing off. You. You're not going. Oh, dad, please, dad. Because they know they get down to the church. They do everything they want to do down to the church. They ain't good with everything they want with that. That toy room, computer room, clothes room. They eat all day long down anyway. But the thing about it was, they seen people healed and delivered. They seen souls come in. They see souls go out. They see now God bless them. But it crushed them when 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 that when that, when that was taken from us. Hear me now. It was a crisis. And as it being a crisis, and the whole thing was to set them up so they could leave God. You know? But we had to continue to hold on to the horns of the altar. And then as we kept doing what we're doing, what we're doing, then the enemy come take my son. That's another crisis. So there was a crisis in and out of our lives since we walk with the Lord. But that ain't stopped me. Because I know in whom I believe. I believe in God. I trust God. Regardless of what goes on, I believe God. He's going to bring it to pass. This place ain't nothing but a stepping stone of what God has shown me. And it will come to pass. Oh, yeah. Are you concerned about evangelizing? So evangelizing means you, wherever you go, somebody's going to know something about Christ. Amen. Or they're going to look at you. Or they call it some gritting on you. Get a grit on you up your damn. You know they can do that up and down. And you turn around and smile. They tell them, you smiling, bro. What you so happy about? Amen. It gives you an opportunity to talk. Yeah. It reminds me when, when, when on, my, on my Lincoln I put on there, faith of a mustard seed, but I didn't put the scripture there. The reason I didn't put the scripture there because I want them to ask me what do that mean? Amen. And I would pull up with everybody be and I would pull now walk around, look around. Is it just this guy, man? This guy here. He got white balls on his joint, telephone in there. That joint is clean. Faith of a what? Mustard seed. Who? What does that mean? That's my opportunity now. And I say this is what it means. 
and I go into my testimony, and some of them knew, but some heard, but they knew. But what I'm doing, I'm dropping seeds. Amen. I'm dropping seeds. And as I'm dropping seeds, go right, right on to the prison. And they see me. They can see me when I pull up on Tarsdale Avenue. They say, here you go. Get out, come in. And they start saying, there's power in the blood. Or, uh, I know it was the blood. They be singing. They be shaking that prison with songs. And they, and the warden come down and say, he must be. And the warden come down and say, I knew you must be. Because we hear him in there. In other words, in other words, I brought them goodies. Amen. I brought them goodies. I gave them good seed. Good seed. And the warden asked the question. He said, preacher, all these guys that you minister, these guys be around you, say, you, you, you trying to get them to come to your church? I said, no, I'm preparing them to be helpers to other pastors, to other church members in the community. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, that's what I'm doing. He said, because all the people come to you. He said, you know, some of them crazy. I said, I'm crazy too. He said, <laughs> he laughed. He laughed. He said, you love to be crazy. You dealing with devil over there. I said, but listen, you got to know how to communicate. You learn this through evangelizing. And when you learn this, I guarantee you, you can't stop it because it's already in you. Hello, somebody. So, are you prepared to live for the rest of your life? A lot of times people are, you know, oh, this is my life. But what you doing? Nothing. Come on, you got to do something. I say you got to do something, people of God. Are you prepared to die? None of you are. But in Christ, you die daily. I say you die daily. You know why you die daily? You have to die daily. Amen. He said, all your righteousness is still filthy rags. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Thank God for the grace and the mercy that be with me. He said, grace and mercy shall follow thee. What? They keep you right. Hello. So if you, if you, if you, if you, if you listen, why you think God never gave you the armor for the back? He didn't want you to backslide. Amen. He gave you armors for the front. Because he said, you're going forward, not backwards. Yes. Because there just ain't no time to be leaving me. Amen. He said, there's stuff that's in your life, untapped resources that you may come out your life. And you don't even know about it. And that same vision that God gave me then, it reminds me of the red train and the green train. Mm -hmm. God gave me that when he gave it to me. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I said, God, what is this? And he showed me it was a vision. I went like going down on the subway. And I was going down on the subway. Two trains, one going heaven bound, one going hell bound. I'm going heaven bound, I'm going over there. I'm going to get on the train, and God said, don't get on that train. I said, huh? And I'm up here thinking, God, what did I do? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't repent, I didn't, what did I do? God said, don't get on the train. I said, God, well, what do you want me to do? He said, get on the red train. I said, the red train going to hell. I didn't work all this. I didn't do what you told me to do. And you want me to you want I was stuttering. You put me on a red train. And I'm thinking one way, but God had another mission for me. He said, get on the red train. And I got on the red train. I was I was really feeling some type of way in the vision. But when I got on the red train, I seen souls. I seen bishops, preachers, pastors, evangelizers, all of them people backsliders, they were clean to the chest. They were bound on their way to hell. And I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, preach. One message for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And I said, that's what you want to do? He said, yes. And I did exactly what God said to And when I did that, the people on that train started repenting and crying out to God. When they repented and cried out to God, the train stopped. The doors opened. They got off the red train and got on the green train. And I was right behind them going, do, 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 do. God said, hold it. He said, hold it. He said, get back on the red train. I just did what you told me to do. He said, get back on the red train. Mm 
And when I got on the red train, I see the same thing over and over again. And I say, God, I don't understand. He said, the red train is your ministry. That's the ministry of reconciliation that I give to you. Because a lot of people don't want to do what I called you to do. And let me say this to you. I say, God, I thank you because I didn't see my way in or my way out. I thought I was on my way to hell. And I know I'd have done right. But it's God say, sometimes God had to use hellish things to bring people to heavenly places. Amen. So when you look at situations, the red train and the green train, and I look at that, and I say, God, I'm thankful because of the simple fact, and that's what we do as being evangelists and evangelized people. We take them from the red train, put them on the green train. Another way, talking to them about the kingdom of God, but they don't know. Man is in search for his kingdom. We talked about the ignorant kings, and ignorant kings of them, listen, they got a kingdom, but they're ignorant about what's going on. Yeah. And then the lost kings, they just lost because of the simple fact they choose to backslide. They choose to leave God. Ain't no time to be leaving God. Amen. Are you prepared to die? Mm. Are you prepared to die? When you die, you can live. Amen. You know, a lot of times people get all, they get all upset about the resurrection of Christ, but there had to be a birth before there could be a what? So what happened was when he was born, the world was, they were shocked. When he died, they went into shock. What are you saying, preacher? It's the pain and the suffering, hear me now, of ministry that folk don't talk about. God looks at your suffering and he recognizes your suffering because it is a ministry by itself. God will come to your aid, hear me now, as you go through what you're going through. And if you notice that when you really go through, you see how you really recognize God. You see how you really call on God. Sometimes you have to moan and groan and cry out to God and believe in that he's going to rescue you, but you already are what? Rescued, but it keeps you what? Close. That's what the suffering do. It's called the ministry of suffering. Amen. And we look at it the wrong way. And I said it, I thought we could go. I say, we rejoice, but I say, put it in your, we have joy, but put it on a piece of paper, put rejoice every time you go through. Close somebody. And I find out, and it's very true, people don't have a relationship with God. It's in a relationship. You know, in a relationship, you talk, you see, you see one another, you have this one, you talk, you communicate, you do all that. But when there's no communication, there's no seeking after him, you're lost. You're, you're on the road of backslide. Once he feeds you, he never stops feeding you. It's just like a baby. The baby say, I'm hungry. You give them oatmeal. They lack oatmeal is good. They full now. And you give them, they, they spit it out. They don't want no more. They tell me they don't want no more. But you said, you can eat this because you, you can wake up another, another hour. You this. And the baby, the baby ain't gonna eat it. But he spit it back out at you. Say, you look, look, you better listen to me. You better listen to me. You gotta eat it. No, no. You eat it. Let's see what we do. God. We go in the scripture. We see something that we in. We don't want to read it. We go, I'm going to I'm going to New Testament. You go right to the New Testament. The same thing you saw in the Old Testament right there. You say, wait a minute. I don't want to read that neither. Let me go and see. John said he saw a number. Well, yeah. Yeah, John said a number. Do you, do you understand the number? He got 144,000. No. That ain't what he's talking about with you. He said, I want you. Years ago, they had a thing out with Uncle Sam. He had his little hat on and all that. He got his point. I want you. Another way. And people looked at that. Then they looked down in there under credentials that he had. They're going to pay you. They're going to put you in the service and all that. And I remember that, you know, when we was, we was coming up, you know. I'll never forget it. I see he was on the streets. You know, I wouldn't say that. I don't walk with the Lord. I was a backslider. I don't know him about all that. And I said, we're doing a lot of gang war. They turn around and they get shot. 
get hurt, get beat up. I said, they hit me twice. They hit me in the chest, hit me in the back, hit me, hit me quite a few times. I said, look, I ain't getting paid for this. And Uncle Sam said, I don't want you. I said, how much you paying? <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I'm serious. <laughs> and my brother, I never get, we were riding around our corner, you know, drinking, that, drinking that hoot. He come down there marching like he in the service, but he was, he was playing on my intelligence. He said, yeah. He said, this came to the house for you. I said, what is this? And then look at it, it says, greetings. I'm Uncle Sam, I want to take you to a fourth land. I said, he ain't taking me nowhere. In other words, it was a draft. And I said, no. I'm just getting out of high school too. I said, no, I ain't going there. So the gang war got heavier. A boy walked away, they shot him in his eyes, and shot him, shot him up. You know, and then I walked around the corner. I got hit. Another person got hit. We started hitting back and forth. You know how to go. Back and forth. And I said, look, I can't live like this. I can't give me a bag of chips for us. Somebody popping at me. You know, and I ain't frowning with potatoes. Hello, somebody. So they came again and said, we want to take you. I said, no, take me where? This was the army who was drafting me. And I said, well, wait a minute. I got to go and rap now? They said, well, you can enlist. I said, I can enlist. What do you mean? He said, you can enlist today. You ain't got to go in till next year. I said, okay, that gave me a good time to do a whole lot of stuff. I said, well, uh, which branch? He said, which branch you was on? I said, I'm on the Air Force. I can fly over all this stuff. That's what I'm thinking. And I took the test. I'm up to think one next year. Shucks. Next month, I was gone. I'm getting up out of here. I said, I ain't got time for this. I said, they get paid. I ain't getting paid. I get tired of ducking and running the alleys and jumping over the roofs. Hello, somebody. That's the life. That's the jungle out there. It's the jungle out there. So I went on in there. You know, I, you know, very disobedient. Yes, I was. I'm not going to lie to you. I was very disobedient. Basic training was only six weeks. I see you six months. <laughs> I see people come and go. Hey, someone, hey, hey you, you ain't left yet. It ain't time for me to go yet. Oh, 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 oh. And I say, okay, 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 okay. I got to get myself together. I was already together, but I just had a hard time. Y'all know it, like y'all being obedient. Y'all know, yes, it's just a spirit. They say, go to the right, I go to the left. They say, March, I stand still. They don't. I just don't want to listen. So they lock me up. <laughs> Y'all laugh. Uncle Sam ain't playing with you. Amen. Put me in stockade, and I snuck at it back. I wanted me some Boone's Farm. I had a taste for Boone's Farm. Apple. That's what, that's what it is. And I snuck on out. And uh, I walked out there with a uniform on. I came back with civilian clothes on. They say, they say, the truth, the truth. He said, that ain't no truth. No dream. <laughs> Lock him up again. In other words, and they came down and they said, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I just need a little help. He said, what do you need? I need no drink. <laughs> no words. <laughs> they grounded me. They stopped my training. And I said, OK. So when they made me back for training, we get down to the M16s. You got a clip in there, you put on automatic. You got a clip, and you hit the switch, automatic, automatic, go boom. And they say, go shoot the engine. And the son says, do you see that? I got it with the gun. Look at this, what you talking about? He said, he said, put the gun down. Aaron, put it down. I said, what you say? He said, put the gun down. I put it down, so I put it down. They rush me. Lock him up again. He don't believe nothing. He don't want to change. And I seen people come in the first day they come in. I seen them. They out there running four o'clock in the morning. You know, be so hot that they can take salt tablets. He ain't got charcoal too. You know what you talking about? And and they were saying, Yo, Ed, you know we graduate next week. I said, Yeah. When you see your name down there? <laughs> I said, I'll be seeing y'all when y'all go out. <laughs> And I did. I see a big old marching going out, going to their assignments, you know, 
different states, you know, with different countries. Love me, I'm still down there. <laughs> Wait to get up out of there. When they left me out of there, they sent me to oldest Air Force Base in Massachusetts. Ain't nothing out there but islands and nobody out there. So how they expect me to get around? How they expect me to get around? I ain't no fish. Ain't nothing but water. They ain't care for me too much there, so. You know what they said there? The loose Minnesota. It's so cold up there, you gotta you gotta put a plug in your car. Like you do, like you iron, you gotta put a plug in the motor so the motor won't won't break, won't freeze. That's why they say you can rub your ear, it'll fall off. That's how cool it was. I said, This is a punishment. This is a punishment they're doing to me. I don't like it. And I'm coming out of here. They said, Where you going, Chile? Because it's cold out here, you can't go nowhere. They had to bring your food. But even through it, all of disobedience, and disobedience will delay you. All right. It will delay your blessings and everything. Hear me. And when I got out and they said, you can get on an early hour, you're going to say, I I'm ready to go. <laughs> I retired as a sergeant. I said, you can take these stripes, you can take off. They say, I say, I was gone, hit the car, was gone. And I said to myself, I said, 20 years of people talking about crazy doing life, and I ain't doing no life. Serve my country. Oh, country served me. But you learn through disobedience. Uncle Sam will make a man out of you now. The streets will make you a barbarian. And that's where I was. I'm serious. But I found more unity, and then as I was dealing with brothers from the South and all over, they had a unified, which was good. And then it lets me know that we can get along. You know what I'm saying? And I looked at it, even when we was in sin, we got along, because we stayed high. When the high was gone, there was problems. Amen. I came to Jesus, I stayed high. Hello, talking Amen. to spiritual high. Amen. Let me get I say spiritual high. Let me clean that real quick. The spiritual high. Amen. Amen. There's a difference. That's why when you have passion and priority for souls, there's a difference in your life. Amen. A lot of stuff you had to do, you had to put to the side because you're concerned about somebody else. Amen. And you're going to find that some people don't want to be delivered. So true. That's a demon that lives in them. Your job is to bind that demon up. If you got to pray every day, if you got to fast, this is what you do and look for the results. Amen. People are hurting and they don't they don't know God like you know God. The Bible says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. So I want you to keep in mind, you got to stay ready. You got to stay ready. In my conclusion, do you believe you deserve? more in life. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I believe that. So, God lay people on your heart. Pray for them. Don't bash him with Jesus. Be a friend. When you become a friend, they can respect you and they can accept what you're saying. That means a lot. Because people don't know Jesus like you know Jesus. Amen. Now when you're around the Jesus, the Jesus gang, you're going to talk about Jesus. That's how y'all talk about Jesus. Amen. When you're around people don't know Jesus, you got to wean them in. Show your hospitality. Show your love. That's how we grow. So when we look at our history, we look at, which is his story, how God has blessed us. He has a story. He sent his son to say, for God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. Amen. And he gave his son for us that we would have the right to the tree of life. He said, if I give my son and my son share his blood on the cross for the remission of sins, for them that in darkness 
somebody's coming out into the light. And these are the ones that I'm going to send back into the world to do the work of the Lord. I hope that this message has helped you. I hope you learned something from it. And I want you to be blessed and continue to hold your head up. And remember, somebody needs you. I say somebody needs you. And the devil got more hold. We're going to break that hold. And do it through prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your other kindness. We thank you for your blessings. Let this message sink down in the hearts and the minds of your people. And we give you praise and honor in Christ's name. We pray. Amen. Amen.